welcome to the Hope City Church podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Well, not that we go that much anymore, right? Because of COVID, but do you ever like laugh in that one part of the movie that nobody's laughing at? And you just, that's like me. I feel like, and that's how I just felt. They're going to go fast. And like, nobody was doing anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, it just happened again. Anyway, I'm so, so good. I want to read you guys something. Oh, we had such a good time in the first service. I don't know if anyone, who was here in the first service? Do we have any two service people? Yeah, we got two. It was great time together. Um, <clears throat> But I want to read you um, a quote from Louis Giglio. He's a pastor at Passion Church in the States and leader of the Passion Movement. But he said, church, he said, we gather not because we ought to uh, or we have to or that we should do. He said, but because we want to, because we get to, and because we can. Look at your neighbor and say, we can do this tonight. It's so great. And you know what? We're just so thankful. Even if we can gather on Saturday night, we're watching church on Sunday. On, like, we're watching at church online on Sunday morning. And we honestly are so grateful. I know people have been gathering at homes. And that's just been special for everyone to be able to experience another level of community this season. Um, but we're grateful to gather even together in, in whatever building and whatever facility that we can. Um, we're just so grateful for, for spaces and places. We're not about the fancy. We just want to be with Jesus, and we just want to be with each other. So whatever God has, we're just grateful for it. So if you have a Bible, open it tonight to John 17. And uh, I'm going to pray. And God, I just thank you for your church. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in your church. God, I thank you that you are the one over your church, and you are working in all and through all for your glory and for your honor. God, I thank you for this series of Like Jesus that you've been speaking to us through. God, would you continue to do what only you can do like you can do, not with the words of men or the words of wisdom, Lord, but with the words of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Would you speak again tonight? We, your servants, we are listening. God, we thank you. We thank you for your glory in your church, God, and I thank you for every person in this room that they would know that they have been called for such a time as this and that we would be so aware God that this isn't just an anything season but this is something this is a something season God and with everything in our heart we say we are here for it God and we are here for you Lord so would you speak to us again tonight a word from heaven in Jesus name amen I almost just preached during that prayer so it's good so it's good amen um, I just want to go over some titles of or some messages just in case you've been in case you've forgotten about things that the Spirit of God's been speaking on. Uh, one of the weeks we spoke on living a life of repentance. Uh, one of the weeks uh, was spoken on living a life of forgiveness. Another week was blessing our enemies. Uh, one was uh, on heavenly love, as Pastor Jake spoke on, uh, unconditional love. Another week, uh, his father spoke a powerful message on trespassing and forgiveness. Uh, and just two weeks ago, Pastor Jake spoke on a life of surrender. Tonight, I'm going to speak on living a life of sanctification. So I, what I really love about what the Lord, um, how the Spirit of God has been leading this season is it's just been a line upon line, precept upon precept. Jesus knows what he's doing. 
Shocky. He knows what he's doing. And he's just so good to us that he wouldn't get us too far ahead that we wouldn't understand what he's doing, but he's building foundation upon foundation. Um, what he wants to say to us to build the house of the Lord. And, you know, we're just so aware that God is doing such a deep work inside of our, of our body. And I don't just mean physically inside of our body, but I mean in our church. And it just kind of feels like heart surgery. I don't know if you feel like that, but I definitely feel like that, that God's been doing a deep work of heart surgery inside of me. And I was just even speaking with Jake's dad on the phone this week just about some things. And I said, you know, David, I said, I'm so grateful for this series of Like Jesus. I said, because there's been so many, there's so much coming at us and there's been so much going on that this season or this series has honestly just been like an anchor in my heart and, and just in my own soul is it's just the more that we speak about Jesus, the more that I read about Jesus and, and the more I want to become like Jesus, but the more that I'm aware of how much more I need to be like him. And, and what's so great is that as we learn, I don't feel condemned. As, as, as the more I find about, about, about uh, more I find out about, about, about Jesus, is, and Jacob and I, we were just talking about this, is that um, as we learn about him and we become more aware that we're not like him, he has this way of, we don't feel bad. We just long to come closer and closer to him and to be more like him. He's a good father, and that's what the love of God does. The love of God will always draw us. The love of God is not going to bring condemnation. The love of God is not going to bring fear. But as, as, as he draws us by the power of his Holy Spirit, he's bringing us further and further into his love. And I really believe that our church is heading into a season of glory like never before. And I'm probably not going to be able to finish my message because I wasn't able to in the first service. So if you want to hear the full message, you'll have to watch it online tomorrow or catch it later. Um, but I really did get more into the glory of God, and I feel like I could preach on this for three weeks, but I have a feeling that God's going to stop me about where he did earlier. But let's get into living a life of sanctification. So if you're taking notes, um, and uh, just get your pen ready or get your phone ready, and here we go. So sanctify means to hallow. It means to be set apart. It means to be consecrated. Hebrews 10.10 10 in the New Living Translation says, For God's will, say God's will, for us was to be made holy, church, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus once and for all. Jesus Christ was crucified. Do you know that? Jesus Christ was crucified and he died. Do you know that? But he rose again. Do you believe that? He, he was crucified, he died, and he rose again and became sin for us once and for all. So we didn't have to go see a priest, so we didn't have to go buy a bird, so we didn't have to go, go buy a goat for this sin and for that sin to make this offering and that offering, but it was a once and for all price paid for you and me, for things like us being able to go into the very presence of the Lord. Jesus Christ paid that price for us. And it makes me grateful that I can just go into his presence. It makes me grateful so that when I mess up, I can stop in any given moment and say, God, would you forgive me? Would you wash me with the blood of Jesus right now? I want to be clean and live for you. But, but sanctify means to hallow, to be set apart, to be consecrated. So we talked about surrender a couple weeks ago. Pastor Jake did a phenomenal job on speaking of that. But surrender is what we give to God. You might want to write this down just so that you know the difference between surrender and sanctification. Surrender is what I give to God, okay? Sanctification is what I allow him to do inside of me. 
Surrender is what I give to God. Okay, Sienna? Sanctification is what I allow the Spirit of God to do inside of me. So John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. This was Jesus Christ praying for his disciples right before he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will but yours be done, and he was about to be taken up to the cross. This was a prayer of Jesus and his Father, Jesus and God. Here Jesus is praying for his disciples. He was praying things like, God, I pray that they would be one as you and I would, are one. I, I pray that you would guard them and you would keep them and you would protect them. And here he was saying, I pray that you would sanctify them in your truth for your word is truth because Jesus knew what was about to come. He knew that his death was imminent. He knew that he was about to leave. He knew that the Holy Spirit was about to come upon the scene. He knew that the early church was just about to be birthed and that they were going to have to be sanctified in the truth of the word of God or they weren't going to make it. So here he's praying out of the great love that he has for his disciples, saying, Father, would you sanctify them in your truth? For your word is truth. And I could just hear the Spirit of God saying this week, would, I'm just wanting to sanctify my church and my truth, because my word is truth. Another meaning of sanctified is to be made holy, to be separated and set apart for the Master's use. We heard this scripture over and over in the Bible where God says, be holy, for I am holy. Holiness is not a popular topic anymore. It's not a popular, this is not a popular message. But it's a message that the body of Christ sure needs to hear right now to be separated from things. So he's saying, sanctify them, and who's the them? It was his disciples. Jesus knew the level and the depth it was going to take for them to do the things that God has called them to do. God knows the level and depth of the things our church and all of you are called to do. We need to be sanctified and separated unto God to do those things. The word truth here is from the Greek word aletheia. It means truth, the absolute truth, God and all he is. And then it says, your word is truth. Well, you can't really separate truth from the word. And word is from the, from the Greek word logos. It's the written word. Another, another Greek word for uh, the word is rhema, and that's the spoken word, but this isn't that. This is logos, the written word. It goes hand in hand with truth. The word of God is absolute truth. Listen to me. The world will try and get you to think that the Bible is another book. This is not another book, church. The Bible says that the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand firm forever. God himself said that I've magnified my word above my name. Hebrews said that the, says that the word of God is quick and that it's powerful and that it's sharper than any two-edged sword, that it pierces, it can pierce so into someone's heart that it will divide between the soul and spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know when, you, when the word of God is spoken, it just like cuts you like a knife and it cuts you deep and it opens, it opens things up so that the truth can be received. This is the truth. Everything in life is to be measured by this book because this is God. 
It's the very word of God, church, and it will never change. It will never change. We can't take from it and we can't add from it. We must get it inside of our hearts on a greater level this season. I can't say that strong enough. We must get it inside of our hearts on a greater level this season. The word of God is a sanctifier. It's a sanctifier. How do we become more sanctified in the truth of the word of God? Well, number one, we got to read it. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to read it. You got to read it. And here's the thing. You can, you can hear us talk about it. You can hear Pastor Jake talk about it. You can hear Pastor Adrian talk about it. You can hear me talk about it. You can hear his dad talk about it. But you got to read it for yourself. You got to. You got to find yourself in the book, Josiah. You got to find the word of God, what it has to say to you. We got to read it. We got to meditate on it. God doesn't just want quantity time with you. He wants quality time. It's not about how much you read it, or, you know, it's not about how many verses you can read. Well, I'm just going to read 189 verses in the Bible today. Well, good for you. What did it say? I don't know. What did you get from it? Nothing. Quality time. We got to memorize it. I'm so grateful for the little Christian school. We were just sharing Christian school stories. We uh, took um, Kayla and, and Landel out for dinner this week on Thursday night. And we were just sharing about, you know, the smaller Christian schools. And, but I'm just so grateful that all the scripture we had to memorize. But I'm realizing in my life that I need to begin to memorize even more scripture again. We got to memorize it. I, we would even talk about having, you know, if we need to have like scripture memory contests again in church. That would be weird, but maybe we do. <laughs> Memorize it, and we got to recite the word as we get it in our hearts because it's going to make us more like Jesus. This word washes us, it cleanses us, it refines us, it makes us clean. It's going to bring our thoughts into alignment. Do your thoughts get out of alignment? Yes, they do. Do my thoughts get out of alignment? Yes, they do. I need a retweaking and a retweaking on a minute-by-minute -minute basis. It brings my thoughts into alignment with the thoughts of God. It will displace wonky and weird thoughts. Have you ever had a wonky and weird thought? You all better be saying yes, because we've all had wonky and weird thoughts. It will wash away wrong and wicked thoughts. This word will make you wiser. It will make you happier. It will make you more peaceful. It's going to bring you uh, hope. It's going to make you more joyful as you are putting it inside of you. It will set you apart as you are separating yourself to him and all he is. He, uh, he becomes all we are. He becomes all we are. I want to read this book so much that you can't separate it from me anymore that it could be over there, but it was so inside of me that it wasn't really over there, it was here. It was here. That's John 15, and, the, and if you ever want to read that, you can write that down, read John 15. I in him, he in me. Then it talks about from apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from this word, we can do nothing. So number one, we gotta read it. Number two, we gotta live it, and we gotta act on it. You mean I gotta live it? I gotta live the word? Well, I'm going to say, yeah, you do, but it's, it's up to you if you want to live it. It's up to you if you want to act on it. The book of James, it talks about, and we, we did a series on James. I don't know if it was earlier this year or last year, but it's been a long year, but a short year. I keep saying that. It's been like this long, short year. I can't explain it, but 
Book of James talks about being doers of the word and not just hearers only. You remember that scripture? And then I wrote here, we fall prey to a spirit of religion when we know more than we live. Does that make sense to you? We fall prey to a spirit of religion when we know more than we live. When we know the word, but we're not willing to do the word. We know the scripture, but we're not willing to walk out the scripture. We know that scripture, but we don't want to apply that scripture to our life because that's too hard. Or I didn't like it. No. We must not fall prey to that spirit of religion. The Bible talks about that's a form of godliness, and it will deny the power thereof. If you want to have a greater authority and power on your life, then you're going to have to read this book. You are going to have to read the words of God and live on it and act like on it. It's going to take a lot of consistency. It's going to take a lot of discomfort. It's going to take a lot of wrestling things out in the spirit. It's going to cost us. In another translation of Hebrews 10, 10, the scripture that I read earlier about it's God's will for us to be sanctified, it says, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Church sanctification is an ongoing process of the finished work of Jesus Christ in our lives. It is not a one and done process. Like I said, this is like a minute by minute process in my life and even more so in this season. The more truth we believe, the more sanctified we're going to be. The more truth we believe, the more sanctified we are going to be. And it doesn't make us better than others. We are not better than others. But it's going to make us into more of who he is and who we've been called to be in him. Like Jesus. We are all called to be more like Jesus. Before everything and in all things, who we hang around is who we're going to be like. Do you agree with that? Do you, do you agree with that? There was, a, there was a statement that was made years ago, and it said, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Well, if you're hanging around Jesus, who do you think you're going to be like? If you're hanging around the Word, what do you think's going to be in your life? When you're hanging around joy, what are you going to be like? If you're hanging around peace, what are you going to be like? If you're hanging around fear, what do you think's going to get inside of you? Oh, I just got quiet. You guys didn't like that one. You didn't like it. Everyone's like, Ugh. You can't hang around Jesus, church, without being more like him. When you're in the presence of love, you're going to look like love. When you're in the presence of mercy, you're going to look like mercy. And I'm telling you, people need a lot more mercy right now because there is way too much judgment going on. Way too much judgment going on. We need to hang around mercy so that when we speak the truth of the word of God, it doesn't come across with judgment because our spirit and our heart is love. When, when, when Jesus met that woman caught in adultery, the last thing he said was, go your way and sin no more. That was the last thing he said to her. But he met her with grace. He met her with mercy. He met her with truth. And that is why he could say that. And we don't know the rest of the story, but I believe that there was a turnaround in her life because that story was mentioned in the Bible. We mustn't not speak a truth without the love and mercy and grace of Jesus in our, in our life. And that's the difference is, is, is that when, when we are spending time with Jesus, his nature becomes our nature as we allow him to nurture our lives. I want to share a story of five years ago. Um, our, we were living in Calgary five years ago, and, and our kids went to a school in Calgary. It was a pretty big Christian school, and, 
And uh, the kids were involved with the worship team, and I had been asked to just help out with the worship team and, you know, with the singers and the musicians. And um, the chaplain had asked me to come and speak. And he'd asked me to come speak on a polarizing topic. My first thought was, no, I don't really want to come speak on that. And I'd prayed about it, and I really felt the prompting of the Lord to say, no, you need to go speak. And I was like, really? So then I called Jake's dad, you know, in the mouths of two or more witnesses, let something be established. So I called Jake's dad, and he's like, no, I think that'd be a really great opportunity for you. I was like, okay, well, God's calling me to do it, and then I'm going to do it. And uh, I get to that chapel service, and I think that I know what I'm in for, and I think I know what I'm walking into. Well, I was not prepared for what was about to come. So here we have like 300, 350 students, grade 8s to grade 12s, all sitting there. And I walk in, and, and I don't realize that we, are, we, are, have, we have a panel. It's like you have a panel of speakers. And instead of just preaching the Word of God, what they wanted to do was preach all different spectrums so that the kids could pick what they wanted to believe. And I mean spectrums of what was wrong and what was right. Okay, this isn't a Christian school. And I'm like, okay, God, you told me, you told me to do this, and I am here, and I am not loving this moment. I do not feel comfortable. I do not feel ready for this. And everything that I had prepared, I am not prepared for this moment but I was, I was prayed up. So I, I was like, okay, Lord, I'm here for it. And the first speaker went, it was the chaplain's wife, I can say. Um, I don't know about now, but then our views were not the same on what we were speaking on. And she had seven minutes to share, and as I'm sitting there on my stool, I'm holding my stool like this, guys. I, I wish I had a stool here because I'd tell you, or I'd show you. I am shaking, okay? Have you ever like been shaking, but you don't want anyone to know you're shaking? You know, like when you're in front of someone, and then like you're looking down, and you're like, I think they can see that I'm shaking. It was, it was like that, and my mouth started to move, and I was like, oh man, here we go. I'm going to embarrass Sydney and Josiah. This is just going to be awful. And, uh, but I am, I'm not nervous. I'm not nervous. I'm upset. Moms, have you ever just been upset? Like really upset, like you're just like, oh, I can't believe this. This is a Christian school. I pay money for my kids to go to this school. Like seriously, I'm upset with the chaplain. Like why would you do this to all these students? You are paid. You are paid to lead these kids in the way of the Lord and to reinforce Christian values. And I'm sitting there and all I can do is pray in the Holy Spirit. I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit, shaking on that chair. And I'm just like, God, you're going to have to fill my mouth because I, I literally, like, nothing. And it wasn't like I had anxiety and I was blank. Like, it wasn't like that. I just, I just didn't know what to do. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, like Chronicles, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. It was one of those moments. And she finished her seven minutes. She had scriptures up there, and she didn't read the scriptures, but they were still up there. And then they introduced me. And it was one of those moments of you're standing there, you don't know what you're going to say. And I just, it was like, you're standing there and you're like, leap and a net will appear. Like, you're just like, okay, really, Lord, I, I hope I have something to say. And I took the stage and I looked at the kids, 300, 350 teenagers, and they looked confused. And I felt sad and I felt mad. I was really upset in a righteous way. And I felt like I wanted just to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
And I just, I looked at them and I said, how are you guys doing? And they just kind of looked at me. I said, no, like, how are you guys doing? And I got like some little mumble answers. And I said, guys, I'm not here to preach what I'm against. I said, but I'm going to preach what I'm for. And I said, I am for Jesus Christ and him crucified. I said, Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I said, young people, to sin literally means to miss the mark. I said, we got to hide God's word in our heart because there is a hope and a future in your life that God has called you to do, and you need the word of God to do that. I said, listen to me, young people. I said, I'm seeing two generations rising. I said, it's like this, you might call it this old-timey, old Christianity where Jesus Christ is very much the center of people's lives. They're reading their Bibles every day. They're applying all the truths of the Word of God to their life, and Jesus Christ isn't just their Savior, but they've made Jesus Christ as their Lord. I said, but what's grieving my heart is I'm seeing another generation rising where they're really the center of their world. They think Jesus Christ is the center, but he's really not. They are the center of their world. And they're sort of applying the word of God to their lives, the parts that they want to apply, but the other parts that they don't want to apply, they're not going to apply that because it's just too hard and it's just too comfortable. And, oh, people don't believe that anymore, so I'm not going to believe that either. But I'd, we do community really well, so we're okay. High five. My friends like me, so I'm, I'm okay. I don't have to worry about God liking me. My friends like me, but I'm, so I'm okay. But you haven't made Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord. You, you, Jesus is just your Savior. And you have a for, there's a form of godliness, but there's no power. But let me tell you, young people, that this word, this book, is the absolute truth. You know, and I just went on and on and on. And, and I began to talk about these scriptures that were on the wall. And I said, I'm not going to speak against something today. I said, but I'm going to speak for something, and that's God and for his word, because his word is true, and he is a man, and he cannot lie. I said, I want to pose you a challenge. So this was, I just like went through, you know, I just skipping to the end there. I said, I want to pose you guys a challenge. I said, write some of these scriptures down. Get alone with the Lord tonight. And ask the Lord to reveal himself to you. I said, Psalm 119 says, Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. I said, ask God to open up your eyes tonight that you may see things so that you're not hearing us tell you what to believe, but you're hearing him, the very words of the Lord, your very God speak to you. And that's kind of how I ended it. And I walked off the stage. Monday, I come into school. I think I have a meeting with someone. I'm not really, I can't remember why I was heading back to the school. A whole bunch of students ran up to me. Smiles on their face. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but you know, cool, they're smiling, so that's good. And they're like, Mrs. McGrew, Mrs. McGrew. And I said, uh, hey, how are you guys doing? We're good, we're good. I'm like, how was your weekend? It was awesome, it was awesome. We want to tell you something. We read those scriptures. We read all those scriptures. We got alone with the Lord like you told us to. I'm like, great. I was so surprised that they did. I was just like, great. That's so great. And I'm like, I'm like, and they're like, we just want to tell you what the Lord showed us. And what did the Lord show you? And then they went, da, 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 da. And they showed, they told me what the Lord showed them. And I was like, awesome. Awesome. 
Nobody could take that moment from them. Nobody could take that moment from them. It wasn't a man or a woman trying to cram the word of the Lord down, down their throat, but they took the time. They took the time to surrender themselves enough to get sanctified in the word of God that weekend that they saw the truth of the word of God that could never be taken away from them. Could never be taken away from them. can't sort of be sanctified. There's no, there's no sort of sanctified. One foot in and one foot out. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus didn't live a life of preference. He lived a life of conviction. He wasn't like, oh, well, I think today I'll be, you know, today I'll be Jesus, and tomorrow I don't really feel like being Jesus. God is calling a generation that will live with conviction. God is calling a generation to know Jesus Christ, not just as their Savior, but Jesus Christ as their Lord. He's calling a generation, and I mean all the generations. A generation is a group of people living on the planet at the same time. So if you're over 30, don't think that I'm leaving you out because I'm not leaving you out because you are here for it. We are all here for it together. And God is calling a holy generation, his church, a holy army to be surrendered and to be sanctified and to be set apart because he wants us to get this word inside of us so that as we open our mouths, he fills it and we have something to say. We have something to give. The world needs love right now. They don't need judgment. The world needs hope right now. They need healing. They need health. They need life. They need Jesus. And if we are are not surrendered, if we are not sanctified, we're going to be like, uh, uh. Yeah. you want to give him something, but you got nothing. Yeah. You got nothing. Peter and John at the gate, beautiful. The lame beggars needing so much. He needed more than just healing. He needed Jesus. And what did Peter and John say? Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. Peter and John being some of the disciples that Jesus was saying, sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. Parents, that's why we got to pray for our children. God, would you sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. Spouses, that's why we got to pray for one another. Sanctify them in your truth, for your word is truth. Grandparents, pray for your grandchildren. Friends, pray for your friends. Brothers and sisters. Mothers and fathers, praying the word of God that we would be sanctified in the truth of the word of God. I want to read some quotes from Oswald Chambers. He said, sanctification is not my idea of what I want God to do for me. Sanctification is God's idea of what he wants to do for me. Isn't that awesome? Sanctification means more than being freed from sin. It means the deliberate, say deliberate, Commitment of myself to the God of my salvation and being willing to pay whatever it may cost. Sanctification me, being, means being made one with Jesus so that the disposition that ruled him will rule us. It will cost us everything that is not of God in us. I was thinking today of that old song, Refiner's Fire, I Choose to Be Holy. 
set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. Someone from the church in the city and uh, a woman in our church um, knew this person and she was telling me of this story about how this person was talking about Hope City Church. Oh, they're just the, exper- they're just the experiential church. <laughs> and I just kind of laughed and it didn't make me upset at all. I said, you know what, I'm okay with being the experiential church as long as that experience is leading, leading to a transformation. I'm okay with being an experiential church as long as we are experiencing a Jesus that is leading us to transformation so that we are different today than we were yesterday and we are different tomorrow than we were today. See, God is calling our church not just to be on the outer courts, but I truly believe that God is calling us into the inner courts, the place of his glory, the place where transformation takes place. But it's going to cost us. It's going to cost us everything. But I'm here for it. Could the worship team come up? Or to the two of you who are awesome, <laughs> dynamic duo. I'm here for it. Let's just stand up. I'm here for it. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Your chosen generation, called out of darkness into his marvelous light, If you have breath in your lungs tonight, which you do because you just stood up, then God has called you for his holy purpose. Adora, for his holy purpose. This season and for this time and for this moment. God hasn't called us just to take our place for 80 or 90 or 100 years. Just to sort of get through life. God has called us for his plans and his purposes, for his glory and for his honor. God is calling a generation that wouldn't just know Jesus as their savior, but Jesus Christ as their Lord. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will cry out to the glory of the Father. So Father, we lift our hands to you tonight in your presence. God, and we thank you for all that you are. We thank you for all that you are. God, we thank you for your word that is the bread of life. We thank you for your word that is our greater hope. We thank you for your word that is the truth that sets us free. We thank you that you are the love that never fails and you are filling us with your love in such a great measure, God. That our lives would overflow with your love, that we could love the world around us in the way that you did, Jesus. May our hearts burn, Lord God, to give your love away because people need you, Father. May we live our lives in such a way, God, that it's selfless. God, may selfishness be not a part of who we are, but because we know the things that we've been called to, God, that we would choose you over everything and everything in us would be stripped down and fall away. So just like Jesus prayed to you, Father, I pray that you would sanctify our church in your truth, for your word is truth, that you would sanctify every person in this room tonight in your truth, in, in your truth, for your word is truth. 
God, I thank you that you've called every person in this, in this room for such a time as this. I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have on their life, that they will prevail in the name of Jesus. God, and where there's been hopelessness, I thank you that there's a greater hope rising in their hearts tonight, God, that there, where there's been a lack of identity, Lord Jesus, that there is a holy fire burning inside of them that's awakening them, God, to who they are in you, Jesus. I thank you that there is a holy hunger burning inside hearts to read your word. God, I thank you that there's a holy conviction in our church, God, to become more like you. God, may we be not satisfied. May we not be satisfied with just being ourselves. But may we, as we fix our eyes upon you, Lord Jesus, may we get hungrier. And as we get hungrier, may we get holier. Refine us, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.